You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click donate. I'm also in a relationship with people who no longer believe in Christianity's high claims. But those same people, they still engage the work of living the golden rule and practicing the ethics of of the Sermon on the Mount and, and, and modeling an ethic of personal and social love above all else. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 384. Our title this week is Choosing an Ethic of Love, and our reading is from the Gospel of John, John 6, 51 through 58. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give his fle- give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them, just as the living Father sent me, and I I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. So this section of John's gospel includes some problems. First, it is difficult to imagine a Jewish Jesus using the language of eating flesh and drinking blood. Second, this version of the Jesus story comes to the canon very late. It was written while the the latest Gospels were being composed. And third, the analogy of flesh-eating and blood-drinking is only found here in this late gospel. It's absent from all of the earlier, older synoptic versions of the Jesus story. And that becomes even more confusing because although bread and wine are found in each of the other stories of Jesus' Last Supper in the synoptics, um, his Last Supper with his disciples, the bread and wine elements are actually absent from John. John's gospel is where we would expect bread and wine to be, given John's references to eating flesh and drinking blood, and yet they're nowhere to be found in this version of the Last Supper. Matter of fact, further, John's Jesus doesn't even command his followers to continue the Eucharist sacrament in this gospel as the synoptics do. In fact, if this were the only gospel we had, we would never even know that the Last Supper included bread and wine. So, for all of these reasons and more, most progressive Christian scholars, 
ascribe this passage this week to the Jehanan community, uh, the community that, that emerged around this gospel and not to the original Jewish Jesus. So what we have to ask is, is there a way for us today with our focus on establishing justice on earth and, and making our present world a safe and compassionate just home for everyone as objects of that divine universal love, is there a way for us to reclaim these words in a life-giving way? So let's talk about it this week. Many Christians today focus on what they believe was the focus of the Jesus in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. That Jesus didn't focus on himself or his own person, but rather focused on inspiring others to follow his teachings or what early Christians called the way. You can find this language used in Acts 9 too. Christians on this path, uh, they focused on following Jesus's teachings as found in the stories rather than on worshiping Jesus or believing in Jesus or eating his flesh or drinking his blood. In fact, they feel that they may be more accurately worshiping and honoring the Jesus of the stories by endeavoring to follow his teachings in our society rather than merely mentally assenting to Christianity's high claims about Jesus' person. And, and as I shared last week, we could substitute the language here in John of flesh and blood with language about following the teachings of this Jewish prophet of the poor and, and, and the marginalized communities, communities of Galilee. Uh, for example, let me pick paraphrase our passage this week with that emphasis instead. My teachings are the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats these teachings like we partake of bread will experience the, those things that are not temporary but eternal. This bread is my teachings by which I reveal the path of life to the world. Very truly I tell you, unless you internalize and follow my teachings and drink deep of their wisdom, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my teachings and drinks my teachings has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my teachings are real food and real drink. Whoever internalizes my teachings, allowing my teachings to become part of themselves, like we do with food and drink, remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on my teachings will live because of them. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this this bread will live forever. Now, I realize that this kind of substitution won't work for everyone. For some, the analogy is, is still unreclaimable for now. And that's okay. For others, it, for them, it's not even clear why this language from a deeply Jewish Jesus might even be challenging. We're all on a journey, and for me today, where I am on my own journey, this substitution works. It places my focus where I believe it should be. Christian history is littered with those who honored Jesus with titles and high claims and yet committed harmful atrocities in his name. I want and I choose to place greater value on endeavoring to follow the ethical values in the Jesus story than on promoting the higher claims about Jesus found in the Christian religion. And I want to be clear that these options I don't think are mutually exclusive, but I also want to be clear that many find Christianity's high claims about Jesus 
unbelievable while they see value in the Jesus story because of its ethic of love and human community. And while we don't have to choose between these two options, certain sectors of Christianity seem to choose high claims about Jesus over practicing his ethics. And sometimes they're ignorant of them, but sometimes they they actually practice harmful ethics and hold destructive values while using Jesus's name. I'm also in a relationship with people who no longer believe in Christianity's high claims, but those same people, they still engage the work of living the golden rule and practicing the ethics of, of the Sermon on the Mount and, and, and modeling an ethic of personal and social love above all else. And again, I don't believe it has to be an either or, but if I did have to choose, I'd prefer the latter option. I would much rather that a person have questions and doubts about the person of Jesus while endeavoring to to practice the way of love that Jesus taught than that they claim to believe all of Christianity's high claims and yet promote a bigoted, racist, homophobic, transphobic, misogynistic, classist, nationalistic, or supremacist kind of Christianity. At the end of the day, someone may believe all of the approved orthodox teaching of the Christian religion about Jesus, but not actually be following the Jesus of the story. And if you can do both, I want to affirm and honor you this week. If you can't do both, I want to honor and affirm you too. Whatever you choose, choose the way of love, the the way of life. Even if you can't wake every morning absolutely sure that the way of love will eventually and ultimately win, choose the way of love because you believe it's the better way. We may not be able to change our world by those actions, but we do get to decide what kind of people we will be. And, And we may not influence the harmful, destructive means that we encounter in our world. We can try, uh, but by our choices, we do get to decide whether those destructive means, uh, whether they will influence us and the kinds of people that we choose to be. Personal choice today, I believe given enough time and influence that it can become social choices tomorrow. So, So this is my hope, that the kind of people that we choose to be today will impact the kind of world that we compose tomorrow. And even if we never get to see those choices work their way into social change in our lifetime, I rest in the thought that that, that what we choose does matter. It matters to me, and it impacts the kind of person I'm choosing to be today. So my hope is that it will matter to our world too, and, and that it will impact the kind of world that, that we and future generations get to live in tomorrow. Again, that paraphrase, whoever internalizes my teachings has come in contact with those things that are eternal. Heart group application this week. Number one, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, what does practicing an ethic of love look like for you in your daily life? As, and not just your individual life, but as a part of your larger society as well. And discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today, right where you are. Again, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.